Two, three, one, go. Here we go. Okay. Liam McCabe. Episode number 20-something. I forget the number of episodes that we're at, but excited about this one because this is our inaugural, not inaugural. Uh, we're welcoming a new team member, which is uh, Jagrit. Jagrit Singh, and uh, happy to have him on board. So we'll see what uh, what this brings. Leah McCabe is uh, she is the founder of Autism Wish, which is a charitable foundation, and uh, a new podcast is launching June 18th, which is called Embracing Autism. Welcome, Leah. So two, three, one, go. Here we go. I just want to uh, welcome Leah McCabe, who is the founder of the Autism Wish Charity Foundation. Is that correct? Yeah, Charity Initiative. It's called Autism Wish, though, right? Correct. Awesome. And then you're launching your new podcast, which is correlated, uh, called Embracing Autism, uh, launching uh, next week. Uh, yeah, uh, autistic pride day oh is that the, is that the 18th is autistic pride day yeah that's okay. why we picked the date oh that's awesome all right oh, oh i didn't even know that there was and that's my ignorance and i'm sorry you know for that <laughs> most people don't know so <laughs> yeah okay well awesome so uh how how is the the launch for the podcast going for you um it's been fun we had some issues with apple so that has been fun but um we're gonna actually be doing like a uh, live stream launch party so we're kind of in the works of that right now we're excited about that amazing and if i can ask like um sorry josh go ahead you had a question no 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 you go all right i was gonna ask uh like autism and everything um really really want to know your story and why this why that but why a podcast that's was the question like i know you have a message to share why did you decide that you know you got to pick this channel for it you know what i mean yeah so i've actually gone through a lot of other channels already right. um right. so i actually have gotten um parent training through the maryland government um for like okay. baby leaders and stuff so i already do parent training when it comes yeah. to special needs um, I've gotten training on how to help parents with IEPs and all that stuff when it comes to like the education side of it. Yeah. Uh, my sister's actually a special education lawyer. So like we've got all these other sides packed right. down. Right. Um, so the podcast just seemed like a place that I could then give like informational resources so I could share Pete with parents, the information that I already know in my head and right. we just be able to share it so that it's easily accessible to other people. It's awesome. I was just going to ask, what is an IEP? Sorry. I just, oh, want, sorry. I just want to make sure that the listeners understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking most people don't really know about any of these right. things. So you, you can't go all military and say, 
you know, just the letters. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a yeah. lot of letters when it comes to disability. Um, so yeah, so there's the individualized education plan. It's basically like an accommodation for school to make sure that um, your kid is still getting accommodated so that they can basically go through school effectively. So yeah. legally, uh. according to the law, the school has to provide accommodations for your child if they meet certain criteria so that they're not left behind. And let, let me ask this, is it, is, it, is it in the same category as like, people that have uh, different needs like yeah. uh, cerebral palsy or Down yes. syndrome, autistic. Yeah, so it's, same it's realm. basically, yeah. So it's basically covering anybody who has any sort of um, disability, whether it's like an intellectual or physical disability that would require some sort of accommodation in school. So yeah. it could be something as basic mm-hmm. as like, my kid has ADHD and is really hyperactive and can't focus. So I want to write in his IEP that he can have a fidget toy to help him concentrate in class. So yeah. it covers a lot of things. All right. Awesome. See, autism wish, let's talk about that for a little moment. So if I just look at the name right now, if I try to make sense of it in my head, autism wish, uh, again, obviously your tagline helps granting wishes to children on the spectrum and providing pain reasons. I know you want to help them. You want to reach out, but how did it all start? You know, and why did you end up naming your podcast, your organization, your brand? Why did you choose for people to know you as the autism wish people? You know what I mean? So it well, really started. The right? podcast is associated with Autism Wish, but it right. is, I guess, its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it really started because uh, my I have two children who are actually diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Um, I myself have other neurodiversity things. I have learning disability and other other things as well, um, and I have a family that has a lot of neurodiversity as well. So it's always kind of been on our radar, but as soon as my kids were diagnosed, I became aware of how little resources there are um, right. for parents and for children. There's just not a whole lot out there. And anything that is available is available through the government, which is incredibly slow. Yeah. Um, the one thing that really pushed me to create autism wish was um, my daughter had been randomly selected for a government funding. That's like, they give you like a $2,000 grant to get like sensory items and things like that. Um, But it was a random selection. So it's on a lottery basis. So you don't ever, you know, know if you're going to get it. And then when she was selected, the process for it was so tedious and it was ridiculous because you can, get items only from specialized stores for double the price of what you could get. So your money doesn't go very far because they won't accept things like Amazon or Walmart. So that was frustrating. (laughs) I wish. That's a a bad Um, joke. (laughs) Um, Great topic. Yeah. But also (laughs) the other problem with that was that you were very limited on what items would qualify. So it could be something that your own child's therapist recommended for them, and it would still not qualify because it wouldn't be considered a therapeutic item. Um, Mm. It might just be like, for example, my child needed a specific type of spoon that bends because she had fine motor difficulties and couldn't feed herself. There's no such thing as that in the autism stores. They only have weighted spoons, which would have made it harder for her. So They have autism stores? Yeah, that's actually, there's, there's a bunch of online autism stores and community stores, and that's where we were allowed to shop. What are they called? What do they call those stores? Autism stores? Um, Usually they're just special needs, or they might be like a medical um, store, the DMEs that are covered by insurance. 
Okay. Right. It's a, that's, that's interesting. interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, even I'm hearing yeah. it for the first time, Josh. Yeah. So yeah, me, yeah, me too. That's why I asked. Leah, this actually tells me something that how uh, first first thing, how limited are the resources that we are working with right now? Second, and tell me if I'm wrong, our government doesn't consider this to be as important as some of the other stuff. You, you feel what I'm saying? That is why there's yeah. this there's this need to do something. And hats off to you for actually taking on that initiative because you're going to go out and reach so many lives and provide them the resources and you know change them in a way. But do you agree with the statement that I just said? I do. And what was actually kind of exciting is that under the Trump presidency, he actually did sign an autism. Um, I don't know if you would call it declaration or something like that, okay. where he was providing more funding specifically for autism. So that was yeah, great. No. Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'll tell you why it's crazy. Because yeah. I am also starting to find, and this is going to get political, and I'm just going to just, I am <laughs> hey, also, like, I did not really care for the man, you know, because of his directness and, and vulgarness and, and the way that his he portrayed himself. Yeah. 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 But in actuality, he actually did. It's it's almost like it's it's flipped. Like the Democrats say all these like wonderful things and wonderful things, and they do the opposite. It feels like where it in reverse, the Republicans are saying straight up, sometimes really dumb, redneck type stuff, and and but they're actually doing better work than the other. Do you feel that a little bit? I understand. I mean, honestly, me personally, I just don't trust the effectiveness of the government because of our personal experience with trying to get any sort of um, funding or anything like that. That's one of the things that actually inspired us to create Autism Wish was because it was so difficult. Sure. And once you even got the funding, you were so limited on what you could use it for. So we decided to create Autism Wish, which originally started out. Um, it's completely volunteer. We make no money off of this. There's no money involved. It's family run and it's uh, completely volunteer. And we started it off as basically just using Amazon wish lists. So we got parents to sign their kids up with Amazon wish lists where they would put on their wish list items that their child needs. And then I would just ask them in the comment section to justify why it was needed for their child. Like, oh, my kid really needs this because he's sensory seeking or something like that. And mm -hmm. then what we did is we then went out and about and we tried to reach out to the community and find sponsors to match them with. So whenever we found a match, um, we would go ahead and give the sponsor a choice between gifting directly. So we would give them the child's list and a little biography about the kid and their age and their name. Or if they just wanted to donate funds, we would just take the funds and use the funds directly to donate on the wish list ourselves. Man, you're a better human being than I am for sure. Jag, <laughs> I don't know. Jag's a very good human being, I no. think. <laughs> yeah, but talking to yeah, really great exactly. human beings right now. 100%. Lacey, I was, again, I totally agree with uh, Josh in the fact that you're an amazing human being. Leah, I can't vouch for myself, to be honest. But uh, it's just, what, what stands out to me is like um, you, may, you were made aware of this complex, complicated, not so discovered yet. People don't usually pay heed to it. It just goes by kind of problem when it happened with you, you know, when you, mm -hmm. when you experienced it yourself, your eyes kind of opened and then you didn't stop there. You said if it, it happens with me, but there are so many other stories who are going through the same thing. But my next question to you, Leah would be, did your perspective 
take that dynamic shift when this happened? And how hard was it or how easy was it for you to accept this new perspective, this new way of looking at life and 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 making a change out of it? You know what I mean? Doing something about it. Yeah. That's funny that you asked that because that's the entire premise of Embracing Autism, the podcast. Um, okay. What I noticed was um, from Facebook communities, because the first yeah. thing you do is you try to connect with other parents, you try to uh, connect with autistic adults and just get different viewpoints and try to understand what does this mean for you? Yeah. I realized that there was a lot of people out there in the same situation and a lot of them were really you know, distressed and didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do, didn't know what it meant. Um, yeah. Luckily for me, my background education-wise, I minored in neuroscience and I ma- took some math master level psychology courses. What? So Get yeah. Look at yeah, that. my, my, my master's is in human factor psychology. Um, a smart person. We're talking to a smart <laughs> person, Josh. Well, that's a, hey, Jack, you're smart too. I'm the yeah. only, I'm the dumbest one on this conversation. <laughs> no. <be> honest with <laughs> no. But no, go ahead. Leah. I only have jokes. No worries. Um, basically, what I wanted to do was because I realized that so many people do hit kind of this um, kind of a rock bottom that you hit when you go through the emotional turmoil of like, yeah. What do, okay, first of all, most people have never heard of autism. Like it only affects one to two percent of the population. So mm-hmm. most people don't even know what it is. Exactly. And then if that ends up being your child, then you're like, okay, I, I've never heard of this. How do I handle this? What does this mean? Yeah. And typically the reaction is a lot of overwhelm because you think worst case scenario and you really don't know what's out there. And the medical science honestly doesn't know much either. Yeah. So that was something that a lot of parents experienced. And I noticed this in a lot of the groups. And I decided that the podcast is where I would be able to address some of that and try to ease kind of that stress. So the theme for season one is going from weathering the storm to embracing autism, because I want to share a positive message that autism is not the end of the world and that your child is still who they were before the diagnosis. And that essentially we just need to learn to not just accept autism, but embrace it and make Make life as best as you can with it and learn to be happy and love your child for who they are. 100%. Well, that's a, that, that, that's a big question that I have too is like, is it a, a disorder? It's not a disorder, I don't believe, autism specifically. And, I, you know, Down syndrome has their characteristics. Uh, cerebral palsy has their characteristics. But in their brain, you know, in, in the brain necessarily, it doesn't... I guess what's the difference between Down syndrome? I know, and I know the difference, but like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why they call it a disorder. Some of these kids, people that get diagnosed, are smarter than the people that are not diagnosed. So I don't understand. You know. So I might like, be able to help you there because I also please. was an EEG, TMS, and neurofeedback technician. Man, even smarter. Now even smarter. So. Basically, when it comes to disorders and disabilities, it actually does people a disservice to try to say that it's not a disability or disorder, which I know is not your intention. But the reason it does people a disservice is because it tends to make society think that they must therefore not need accommodations because it's not a disorder. It's not a disability. Therefore, Uh, you can function without these things. So when you identify something as a disorder or specifically a disability, that then grants you the resources, especially under insurance policies and things 
things like that to be able to get the help that you need. Once you take away the label of disability, you can't get those resources anymore. Well, do you think that that do you think that that system could be very easily uh, manipulated and manipulated? <laughs> Thank you. Right. Right. Because so, why not? Why wouldn't you so, be like, hey, just pretend, you know what I'm I'm not saying that yeah. you're doing it. I'm just no, saying, why wouldn't you? Because I don't even understand the spectrum. And I had another uh, person on the podcast. So I, I, I listened to it. Also, yeah, I, I, I listened I, to it. They, they couldn't explain the spectrum either. They couldn't name yeah. like how you get diagnosed, how you land on the spectrum. Uh, I can explain uh, that Sam if you'd like. Thought, yes, please go. Yes, absolutely. So the spectrum is usually seen as linear. So people try to say it's like going from low functioning to high functioning with low functioning meaning meaning more of like the IQ, lower IQ stuff. Um, But that's actually starting to change now. Um, People are seeing it more as a spectrum, which is more if you think about it in a like a circle. So instead of having a rainbow line that goes from left to right, you have a circle and the circle has different abilities. So it might have like motor plan It might have like cognitive planning, different things like that, right? So Mm -hmm. everybody on the autism spectrum will fall somewhere in there, but they might have higher levels in one area and lower levels in another area. And they're still all autistic, but they have different needs and different disability aspects. Does that make sense? It does. I just wonder where normal is in there. And you know what I'm saying? Like, even if it's a circle, even if it's linear, it doesn't matter. Like you can still fit normal somewhere in there between the, I don't want to call it abnormal, but I I don't know the word. So usually when it comes to defining something as a disability, it's because the way it crosses the line into the disability realm is when what you have starts giving negative side effects to your life, where it starts affecting you to the point where you can't function in everyday life like everyone else. So I personally, myself, so I have several disabilities. um, It is on my radar, and I guess you guys will be the first ones to know, um, that I may be what's called BAP which is kind of like um, a borderline autism where it's like you're not, you have, you have significant amount of the symptoms, but it's not enough to be considered autistic. And, and really the differentiation there is I'm able to function in life and I made it through life because I was able to self-accommodate and I didn't have these additional issues where I needed all these external accommodations in that sense. So yeah. they don't get classified as autistic. So once you don't need the support systems, then you're not autistic, according to the medical science but that's up for debate air quotes, air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> because i am also probably air quotes bap as well i've i haven't been to the doctor and i don't that's the that's the weirdest thing because not weird i'm not i don't mean to i don't mean to bring it down i'm just saying that yeah, there's levels to this thing and i think that they're sometimes letting people into the autism spectrum where they shouldn't be in there I feel like that that happens more often than not. Like a mom, I work with children. So a mom will come up to me and be like, hey, my teacher told me that maybe Johnny is on the, is autistic, right? And and, and then Johnny comes to the gym where I work at and I'm like, no, Johnny's just fine. He's just being a kid. You know what I mean? He's a little hyper, but like, he's just being a kid. Got a lot of energy. No problem with that kid. But then- the teacher, because he can't sit in his chair because the teacher's boring, probably, 
And most of the kids are jittering in their seats because the teacher is boring and not engaging and not doing things right. Like sitting in a classroom, a kid for hours and hours on end, they're going to fidget. Yeah. They don't have right. autism. They don't. Right. Well, when it comes to an autism diagnosis, there's usually a bunch of different areas that they have to check off. So uh-huh. you wouldn't get an autism diagnosis if you only have one or a couple of those areas. It's actually really difficult to get an autism diagnosis. Um, I went through the process with both of my kids and I thought my second kid was neurotypical. Um, I didn't think she would get an autism diagnosis, but when we went through the evaluation, the doctor was able to notice things that we hadn't even noticed in terms of like certain um, mannerisms and gestures and certain sensitivities and things like that on the first Um, visit on the first visit yeah um my first kid got diagnosed at um 21 months old my second one got evaluated at 12 months yeah my second one got evaluated but she couldn't get diagnosed they do not diagnose um until 18 months old is the earliest they can do a diagnosis um but the red flags are usually pretty obvious at that point they're not going to diagnose for subtleties Um, You get a lot of things like um, serious sensory aversion. So like my kids are really sensory averse to loud noises to the point where it like sends them to panic. And this could be anything like the door, the front door opening and shutting or the garage door opening, a dog barking, that sort of thing. Yeah, anything that Um, would scare you is a little little louder. So so their hearing is super sensitive, which means they have supersonic hearing. Right, essentially. Yes. So they're getting pun- they're getting pun- they're getting said that it's a bad that they have supersonic hearing. Supersonic <laughs> so, hearing is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I can relate to that. Hearing. I can relate to that because I have supersonic hearing. I can actually hear electricity and a bunch of things. We should oh, stop. We should <laughs> stop yelling. Yeah, we should stop yelling, Josh. <laughs> it's fine. Probably. It's fine. <laughs> no, I, I also no, come I'm from a big family. So. About the subject is all. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not yelling at it. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, Leah, it's very, uh, very interesting the way you share it. And uh, again, like coming back to your point where you said, when you have questions and doubts, I think in this day and age, the first place where you would turn to is the internet, you know, and I can, mm-hmm. I like, I would love for you to share when you found out what did you do and what was your go-to plan of attack for that. But there's so much information out there can it be trusted? That's my point. Like people tend to be living under this ignorance umbrella, as you said, because a lot of people don't even know what autism is, you know? Mm -hmm. So turning towards the internet and reading it and everything, I know your autism wish your podcast kind of disrupts that because it's a community which is actually going to share the facts and how you can help it. But right now, do you think that the information out there can be trusted and it is helpful for people to use? So right now, there's actually a lot of controversy around autism on the online world. Um, So when it comes to just trying to find research, if you're just trying to find informational research via Google searches, there is a lot of science that's available that you can look at. I actually make a reference to a lot of it on Autism Pride uh, Pride Month. Um, And there's things that have been researched, but the problem is there hasn't been a whole lot of research into a lot of these um, issues. So there's a lot of correlations and not a lot of causation down basically okay okay um and then when it comes to researching like fake research where you're looking um at yeah. other people's experiences that sort of thing not scientific <laughs> research comments um, yeah i don't know what you what, which i believe is which i believe is probably <laughs> more precise yeah, yeah. i would yeah, I, I, I so i'm also 
Let me just throw that one in. I'm a researcher yeah. by trade. That's my uh, that's hey. what I do for a living. Um, but uh, basically, I, I like to get a good combination. So that's called quantitative and qualitative. qualitative so the quantitative yeah. is all the scientific numbers. The qualitative is when you get all the insights and stories and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. So um. the best thing really is getting a combination of both. And what I've found is that on the internet, like anything else, you have an extremely divisive community and it's yeah. not necessarily friendly for parents when they first find out. Um, there's two wings to the adult autistic community that are very, very vocal. Um, and they are very much so all about wanting to help your child and make sure that the best is, guess. you know, the low, best is there. High for your functioning child. and low functioning. That's that's where yeah, the divide is probably. It's it's high functioning and low functioning. It's whether you use the infinity symbol versus the puzzle piece. As you can see, I selected the infinity because I personally Wait, like what's it. What's the puzzle piece? Um, why, the puzzle why would piece they choose is the puzzle the piece versus the infinity symbol? So the puzzle piece is the original autism uh, symbol. If you go anywhere to get oh, autism yeah. merch, it's always okay. a puzzle piece. That's the is standard. Really? See, I didn't yes. know that either. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But it's considered very controversial. Right. Why did? Why is that? Um, it's considered controversial because the origin of the puzzle piece, um, I guess not the original, original puzzle piece, but the group that came up with it, the original puzzle piece actually had a picture of a child crying in it. And the puzzle piece symbol was basically to re re rep represent the fact that um, autism is a puzzling con um, condition and mm. basically it kind of implying that those who are autistic have a piece missing and things like right. that so it just uh, had a lot right. of negative like connotations <laughs> like yeah. I, th honestly if we're trying to th it's if they if it can't be fixed medically then it then it must be that we just have to assimilate as a community to embrace these as superhuman beings I think we need to change the narrative and not call them disabled, but call them superhuman beings. I know that's not going to get government money. Yeah. And I know that's not what you necessarily need right now. But I think that's a good good story. And I think you could catapult it that way. Look, I like the the thing. <laughs> it looks like a comet going up, you know, on the yep, bottom of the... Yeah, it's a wishing star. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, let's do it, you know, let's You're call them, them the superhumans. Yeah. yeah, let's, yeah, let's call them superhumans and stop calling it a disability, I think. And yeah, you're so going to, you're going to, you're going to bring a lot of wishes alive, Leah, with this. Oh, thank uh, you. Absolutely. But what's interesting is like, even that, what you're saying right there is highly controversial among autistic adults. So yeah. there's a, there's a group of autistic adults that would agree, agree with you. And there's another group that would find that very demeaning and say that they don't like to be um, referred to as having superpowers or things like mm. that. So that's okay. why it's, it's very controversial. It's very split. Um, the, why, the why, one... why, why do they disagree with that? Sorry. Um, so I'm trying to think of the terminology, but it's basically saying that, well, one, taking away the disability, some people like to identify with having a disability because it explains a lot of their issues. So like, for example, me growing up, when I went through um, middle school and high school, I had all these learning, learning disabilities that I didn't know I had. I didn't find out or get a diagnosis until I hit college. So going throughout school, I just thought I was dumb. Like, I just thought nobody liked me. I'm so dumb. I can't 
can't figure this out. So when you take away the disability aspect, people think that that's their normal and that they just suck compared to everyone else. Like, honestly, that's just like, what, what do you think? But once you're given a diagnosis and you say, no, it's not that it's that you have a disability. They're like, Oh, okay. That explains so much. So it's not me. Like I just have this other issue that I can work with. Exactly. So it kind of gives you like this logical escape pretty much, which then makes sense. And it gives you something tangible to work with. Exactly. Now you mentioned something about you growing up having learning issues when you were in university. And for me, it's like, yet you made it as a researcher and you're doing all these wonderful things and everything. So how hard it was for you, first of all, to accept that, you know, there's a logical reason behind this. And you can be as discreet, as brief as you want while answering this question, trust me. And what did you do to seek help? And once you did seek help, how did that help you to propel in your journey and become this? So throughout school, I struggled a lot and I couldn't understand why I struggled because I studied really, really hard and everyone else seemed to have things come to them just naturally. And I always thought that must mean that I'm dumb because I'm working so hard and I just can't figure this out. And everyone else is just like sailing by. So that started... Um, what, what mostly, particular areas? They're like tests, mostly routine. things like math and science and those. I I tended to struggle with that, and I did actually end up getting um, a diagnosis of test anxiety because the time pressure had made it even harder for me because I also have. Um, processing delays and things like that. So uh-huh. when I got evaluated, the doctor basically said when I scored with my IQ and all that stuff, they actually said that my my reasoning and understanding is in the 99th percentile. I'm actually really, really smart, but they said that it was like my information was in a treasure chest that was locked. And the way my brain worked, it was like, I had a whole rack of keys and I had to go through every single key to try to figure out which key unlocked that. So everyone else, yeah, I'm the, I'm the everyone same else way. has one have, key. Right. I have to read at least three times before I comprehend the sentence. I have to read yeah. a sentence three times before I even comprehend this. I, I can yes. read the sentence, but it doesn't mean that it went into my brain and I yes. understood it and I can regurgitate the information. I yes. ha- literally have to read it three, sometimes more. Sometimes, you know, if it's a little sentence, you know, I, could, I only yeah. have to read it once, but the longer the sentence, the more I try to understand the meaning of the words in the sentence is when the more I have to read it. Right. And that's another thing that I found out. You might want to look into it. I ended up having a visual processing disorder on top of that. So when I got Mm -hmm. my eyes visually checked, they actually said that they were able to show me that one of my eyes was not visually processing the information. I have better than 20-20 vision, so it's not vision. But the brain part that processes that word was not sending the signal to my brain. So so basically, I was only seeing or processing every other word in a sentence, which is why I had to reread it. So you were missing, you were skipping almost. Yeah, which is why I had to keep going back and forth, yeah. Right. Yeah, but I don't know, what do you think, Jag? Do you have problems reading or any kind of, do you just read things once and you're like, I understand. To be honest, like, I was always the science kid. So like, I think in that area, I don't, I, I don't recall having any, any trouble or any issues, but if we start nitpicking the issues you've had growing up as a child, I'm pretty sure we all can find a lot of issues. But one thing which I do is um, 
like making sure that my desk is is arranged in a certain way you know the things on it need to be need to be in certain way i'm not sure how how much of like you know what i mean how much on the spectrum it falls or what category it falls in but i've always seen myself and i've always found myself in situations where i'm you know doing all of this stuff and 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 turning mm-hmm. the stove knob off like i check it at least 5 to 6 times it sounds more like ocd ocd yeah that's <laughs> yeah but that's- is it that isn't that on the spectrum as well so okay that would be like a comorbidity so basically um there's a bunch of comorbidities but they yeah. don't all necessarily mean autism De- if you uh, can sorry, have it so- sorry can you define comorbidity define because com- i'm an idiot <laughs> no comorbidity is something that occurs in concurrence with so like for example you can have autism and adhd autism and ocd autism and anxiety okay, but you don't necessarily it. have to have any of those you can just yeah, have cool. autism yeah, so it, when you it. have ocd traits it's not necessarily autism it can just be the you. ocd yeah okay no, is, well, this is interesting because I, I didn't have that explanation in the last podcast that I had with Sam, yeah. you know, because the and the mom, sh- I figure she should have known, but maybe like the doctors didn't explain it correctly or things like that. You're you're very well. Hey, she's a, she's a researcher. This, yeah, yeah, this is kind of my area. So. Yes, hey, <laughs> this yeah. is no junk. This is gonna be, yeah, this no, is, I'm super. I'm, I'm, no, nah, no, nah, I'm gonna let you keep talking. Sorry, no, Jag has better questions than I do. No, so. no, 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 don't worry about that. Josh, just keep <laughs> jumping in. But like, I, I do agree with you that not calling it a disability will not do justice because it's gonna take away the opportunities, the accommodations, the resources that that's gonna make them feel better and 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 belong. You know what I mean? Right, right. But is there is there no way to? To do both of those? I think the way that you do that is you leave it up to the person. If they want to go around identifying as saying they have a disability, then so be it. If not, then that's up to them. But on paper, I think they would probably have to just for like the medical benefits. Because unfortunately, that's just how our insurance works right now. I got you. Right. Well, and that's the thing. uh, And that that was leading up to one of my questions, which might be very controversial. Which you don't have to answer if you don't want to go this for it go against your podcast <laughs> and we can we can edit this out anyway so we're good do, do you think that kids some kids get misdiagnosed for financial gain by big pharma by doctors who less less call a spade a spade i mean if a kid goes in with you know a parent is worried what are the chances that doctor is going to say, no, your kid's perfectly fine. Okay. You know, so basically- more often than not, aren't they, sorry, let me just finish with the, more often than not, aren't they just going to, to diagnose it? And, you know, and if it's not a, you know, walking on the tippy toes and uh, like a visual, uh, you know, autism, you know, uh, look at, that uh, they're going to get, they're going to put them on the low end of the spectrum, but still diagnose them as on the spectrum. Like what, what, let me ask you this. Do you have numbers that say when a child goes to a doctor to get diagnosed, that there are numbers that say that some doctors have said, you're perfectly fine. No worries. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Jack, you know what I'm saying too? I get what I, you're saying. I, I, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Leah. No worries. So 
I can kind of talk to this from two perspectives because I worked in, in neurology and then also as a parent. Um, so what they tend to do is, for example, my youngest, she was one of those borderline cases. Um, what they tend to do is they say, she's borderline. We're going to go ahead and give her the diagnosis because if we give her the diagnosis, early intervention has proven to be the absolute most critical, important part of treating autism because the earlier you get services, the more likely they are to have a brighter future. So they will just do that just, you know, out of the chance that she is autistic, you don't want to miss on the therapies. And if she's not autistic, the therapies aren't going to hurt. So sometimes they do that. And then what they do is they'll closely follow your child and they say, we're going to follow them year by year. And if we feel like she isn't actually autistic, then we'll drop the diagnosis. But for now, let's keep it to make sure that she's getting services to take care of these symptoms. So that's, that's one side of it. Hmm. Now the neurological side of it, um, there are things that can actually be done um, in terms of like EEGs and um, there's a bunch of can you explain what an EEG is? I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, no worries. Um, so an EEG is basically a way to do a brain map. A brain map is a way to see the brain activity. And so depending upon um, what areas of your brain are either overactive or underactive, you can get an idea of a correlation with any sort of behavior or symptom you're experiencing. And how do they so, know all that? Like do the, does the brain, like, so it comes up on like a scanner and I'd imagine it, what? it turns red whenever you say something or part of the brain turns is it kind of like uh yeah like the predator you know that movie <laughs> no 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 vision that, and, and what you're thinking about is actually called waves. a functional fmr it's a functional mri is what you're thinking oh, okay. of yeah. Um, but an EEG is like the thing that looks like a bunch of squiggly, squiggly lines that go across the screen um it okay. looks a little more like a heart rate monitor um okay. But what those do is they have a bunch of electrodes that go to different parts of your brain. And we know in the science that different parts of the brain are correlated with different things like vision, behavior, certain things like that, attention and all that. So they'll check and then compare to baseline, which is the average brain activity. And basically they'll check and compare and see are you having an area of your brain that's either overactive, meaning your neurons are firing like crazy basically, or underactive? And then they'll see, does that area correlate with any symptoms that your child is having? So like the attention, like ADHD, we treated some people with ADHD. If it was like a function or not function, a focus issue or something like that, we would see, well, is the part of the brain that deals with focusing, is it showing that it's either overactive or underactive on the EEG? And if that's the case, then you could do um, some sort of therapies like neurofeedback to train, retrain the brain into functioning properly, basically. What's neurofeedback? Neurofeedback is kind of like, um, you put electrodes on your head and they only put it on the part that needs the therapy. And the best way to describe it is basically you're putting your brain through training um, and you basically have like a game on a screen and you're training your brain to be able to control the game with just your brain. So for example, one of the games we had was horse racing and mm -hmm. all you have to do is pick a horse and you concentrate on that horse. 
when you see that the horse moves, your brain will automatically send like a reward, like yeah. dopamine hit. Yeah. Yes. So then your brain will want to keep doing that because it knows that that's how it makes the horse move. So that's how you train your brain. You're testing to, it and training, you know? Yeah. It's, so you're training it to do yeah. what you want it to do. You know what? And this, this might be a tangent, but I'm studying to be a data scientist. And so I, I work with a lot of neural networks, but obviously they're artificial. And yeah. this, this, this like training neurons to do that there's so much overlap in that industry as well so that's amazing yeah. you know so yeah. it's good I, it's good yeah sorry yeah go ahead, it's great and it, yeah and no well i was i was gonna go back because you said yeah. this word and i wanted to ask you what that meant but i think i know what it means now that you explained this one you said neurotypical meaning oh yeah neurotypical meaning your child was quote unquote normal normal yeah right. so normal is kind of like not the greatest term because like who are we to say right. what's normal right Sorry, exactly. yeah. so yeah nobody so there's normal. neurotypical and then there's neurodiverse neurodiverse is everyone who falls outside the neurotypical range so that includes adhd dyslexia like everything that's yeah. basically I not like that neurotypical disorder yeah you know, i mean it's just an identity yeah yeah okay okay that's good. That's good. All right. So now, like, I think we've covered a lot of broad stuff and everything. I want to know more about you and the kind of stuff that you're doing. So my very first question to you is, there are a lot of definitions out there about autism, the thing that you work with. But I want to know if you were to give a definition right now, if you kind of push you on your toes to come up with a definition, how would you describe autism? Like not caring about what's written on Google, what's written in my dictionary right here, but what does it mean to you? Yeah. What's funny is depending on what I say is whether or not I'm going to get eaten alive by <laughs> one community or another. <laughs> Man, are uh, you really bound by that? Like, and we don't want to make you say anything. Oh, no, no, no I'm, not, exactly. I'm not. I and don't we can actually, edit anything out, by the way. No, no, also. no. See, I, I'm not the type of person that actually, um, I guess... I, I believe in everybody having their opinion. So okay. I'm okay with that. Right. Um, but basically... If I had to boil it down, um, I would say autism is best described as having a combination of behavioral and sensory, not necessarily deficits, but it would be like struggles or like okay. oversensitivities, undersensitivities and behavior dysregulation issues. Um, and then specifically the social aspect. So it's really a combination of the three behavioral, sensory and social. Social, Right. Oh, that's a really good. Do you, do, do you think that some people that are scamming the system are taken away I, from somebody like you who really needs the 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 advantages that the government provides? So honestly, I think every system is scammed. I think it doesn't really matter. I think um, I you're going to find a bad apple anywhere. You're going to find yeah. people who are trying to push the envelope anywhere. Do yeah. I think that it's higher with autism than other disorders no do i think it is scammed like other disorders probably yeah but one thing that's that we established for sure it definitely needs a lot more work that's for sure and yeah. uh so and and thanks to you for doing this for letting people know about the resource and i know we're going to discuss that later on okay so embracing autism that's the podcast mm -hmm. right yes uh, josh had an amazing question about it josh i'm going to steal your thunder and ask that question if you don't mind <laughs> oh. let's let's start oh, with the thunder. logo thunder, 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 <laughs> thunder cats <laughs> yeah i want to ask you about the logo 
So what does the logo represent to you? Because it's, it's it, and me and Josh can then tell you what we thought, what it was, what it represented, but we want to hear from you first. That's funny because I actually did put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. Um, so the Embracing <laughs> Autism logo yeah. specifically, yeah. Um, we designed it in a way to signify kind of um, the feel of spring and new life and being reborn. Um, that's what the green is kind of representing there. Um, and then we have the embracing aspect of the curve, embracing both, like it's it literally oh, embracing the word autism. Autism, right. Um, so to infinity. Exactly. Because right. we really wanted to make this, um, it also it also is representing at the same time it kind of has like an egg shape and the reason is because we're kind of making it a like coming out of your shell thing like autism uh, is coming out of your shell as well like it. so it's got a lot like of this um coming out type of yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. vibe you know what it. i'm saying yeah, 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 like vibe. yeah i like it yeah 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 because we really it. wanted this podcast to be a just a new perspective on autism and we do dive into some of the medical lightly some of yeah. the um therapies lightly but it's really the ultimate goal is to try to help parents feel totally okay with their child being autistic and to understand that autism is just like it's not the end of the world like your child is the child that you had prior to the diagnosis and yeah. the the sooner you embrace it the easier you can make that child's life in the future. Right. No, I like that. And then it's not an interview podcast, like you said. So it, it, the content is mostly going to be you uh, doing a monologue. Like, it's me and my husband. Yeah. Right. So he wasn't okay. able to make it to this, but it's him and I talking about our experiences with our kids. And then we each have our own little areas of expertise that we talk about. Right. That's uh, like I'm so that. looking forward. The, yeah. The, the, we didn't talk about the baby. What's with the baby? with his face down and his yeah. butt up like what's up with that so uh, who came so up this with that? is actually that that's actually a behavior that my youngest did a lot um as okay. part of her stims or stimming um self-stimulatory behavior she would tend to rub her face on fabrics like that or she would drink things or eat things without using her hands so she would use her face like that um and then the actual design of the of the girl is what my oldest daughter typically looks like she usually has her hair up and stuff like that All the right. gold streak is actually a tribute to her because she has a gold streak in her hair oh no that kidding. is that is cute that is is that is it personal touch quite, do they it going on behaviors do they treat like whenever is there treatment? I, yeah, it's also I, I controversial. Like, <laughs> yeah, isn't it right? Because like you want them to be who they are because they're not necessarily uh disadvantaged. They just have special needs. Yeah. I guess that's and I never felt so good about saying special needs as I did just did right now i felt good about saying it that way because yeah it is special the needs that they have they have like you were talking about like your store you know like you got to have the spoon a different spoon for it you know exactly. i think that's brilliant i think you should open up your own store your own <laughs> maybe your down own the line treatment store yeah, what is a wish merch yeah you can come well with we don't want <laughs> We want so it like, to be government subsidized. So we don't want to say just, it. Just, like, just I'd rather it be private. You know? <laughs> just right idea. Privately yeah. owned is probably better for me. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you are you are like a true like expert 
You know what I, I would mean, love? Yeah. Yeah. No? Oh, I'm sorry. I just realized I didn't answer your question. <laughs> go, go ahead. Answer. About the therapy. Did you ask something about yeah. the therapy, right? What was the question? What was the question? I think I he was like, can it, can it be treated? Can it be treated? Oh, that okay. that's the question. Yeah, because yeah, that's the part that's really controversial. So there's right. there's multiple types of treatment. Um, yeah. They're really more like therapies. Um, and so my kids are in occupational therapy, which deals with sensory and fine motor type of things, as well as um, everyday living things. So things that you need to know for daily basis, like how do I button my shirt to get myself dressed? Yeah. Um, can I deal with like the sensory of taking a bath, that sort of thing? It's yeah. more like life skills. And then there's speech therapy, which is with the speech part of it, um, which is a huge part of autism. There's a lot of speech disorders associated. Yeah. Um, and then the one that's really controversial is actually ABA therapy, which is the number one therapy that's recommended for autistic kids. Mm. And Why it's, is that so controversial? It's really controversial. And I can honestly, I understand both sides to this argument. Um, the original creator of ABA therapy, it was pretty much straight up abuse. Um, they what? basically tried to force kids to do the same behavior over and over with the goal of making them appear normal. Um, and they uh, would get negative consequences. Like they would get electroshocks. They might get slapped in the get face. Like they, yeah, they were. When was this? Yeah, was, was I like, think this was in like the 60s or 70s. It was a long time ago. So when this was more like a negative punishment rather than a positive right. reinforcement. It's, it's like started you're a, that it's way. like you're in a psychiatric ward and they're saying you're crazy and they're shocking you back into what I don't even know what they're doing. They're crazy. Back people. then it was crazy considered doctors. the alternative to the psychiatric oh ward because God, autistic kids were actually shipped to the psychiatric ward. Really? So That's this was wild. actually the better alternative to being there at the time, believe it or not. Um, but because of that history, um, it has been cleaned up quite a bit now. So, so now there is like no <laughs> negative, you're not shocked or anything like that for the, the most way. part. Holy right. moly. Right. Wow. But it still I'm has so... those roots. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. So it's still kind of going on, but not at the same level. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. See what I'm saying, Jag? Like, yeah. like these, there's nothing wrong with these kids. The only reason that, well, not the only reason. The only reason that the parents even entertain this is because they get government subsidies money to help it out. Like, and who doesn't want money, but like they're throwing money at your child and there might not be anything even wrong with them. You know yeah, what I mean? These but, therapies but on average cost like, money? Yeah. these therapies on average cost like 60 to $70,000 a year. Yeah. And how yeah. do they keep these jobs alive by yeah. diagnosing yeah. these kids who might not even have it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is, and is that is that is, is that also controversial? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like nowadays, yeah. ABA therapy has changed a lot, but they are still a lot of um it's kind of like repeating the same task over and over and over. And yeah. on average, yeah. the therapy is 40 hours a week. Wow. Um, so it's kind of like a full-time job. And there's also the issue that um, although there isn't negative reinforcement for the most part, there are some yeah. rogue therapists. Um, okay. They do do a reward system, which personally I am not against reward systems. I think that's okay. how I usually raise neurotypical kids. Right. However, what you're rewarding is what's problematic. So okay. if you're rewarding right. behaviors that may be difficult for that child, or for example, if you have a sensory aversion to something, 
if you're rewarding them in, you know, doing that sensory activity that is averse to them, they right. grow up to then basically not understand like, why do I get a reward for this? And then they end up growing up, not being able to express their feelings about that thing. Cause they were yeah, caught they, they their whole life. Themselves. That's not normal. How can they right? act themselves if they're like, Oh, am I allowed to touch this plant? No, I'm not allowed right. to touch that plant. Good job, Johnny. You didn't touch that plant today. Good job. Right. You know, yes. you didn't know if I was yeah. going to completely destroy the plant or if I was just going to mildly touch it nicely, like how you taught me, but I'm not even allowed to touch that plant. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and then as a kid, now you're never allowed to touch any plants. This is ridiculous. It just yeah. feels ridiculous to me. But I'm no, I'm not trying to make it controversial. I'm a loving person. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I it's already know. controversial. Yeah, it doesn't matter what yeah. you say. It's still okay, controversial. All right, cool. That's Dope. it. That's all it. right. Sweet. Yeah. So I look. Hey. Uh, oof. I don't know, Jack. What do you want to say? I'm speechless that, because like I I'm, know, I'm like kind of I'm kind of like there annoyed. are good sides to it, right? There yeah. are good okay. sides to ABA Please. therapy. Um, so ABA the therapy shift. also helps people with speech. They will um, teach them how to use visual communication systems and things like that for children yeah. who are nonverbal and can't communicate. Yeah. I definitely think that it has its good points. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, when parents are really advocating for it, those are the points that they are advocating for. They're not advocating for the other stuff. So a lot of sure. parents are on board because they see actual change in their children, yeah. um, specifically with like behavior where they're self-injuring or self-harming. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. My kid used to headbang, for example. Some kids will punch oh, themselves really? in the face. And ABA is one of the best ways so far to, Get to that. stop right. that behavior. Right. Um, my qualm with that, <laughs> my yeah. qualm with that though, is that I think you can do that through occupational or speech therapy as well. Um, yeah, I think getting I at the root of that problem is more important. Like, why are they hitting themselves? Is well, it, because is they were in a something they else? were in a distress, they were in a very stressful situation. You can't diagnose a child based on their behavior if you don't diagnose the behavior that they were, uh, the environment that they were put in. They might have been put in a very stressful environment and that caused the behavior. And now that's what they're acting like. And now you completely dismiss the environment that they were in because you don't even study that. And now, and then you're trying to treat the psychology of the environment that you don't even know the child was in. Doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you need to, yeah. yeah. Well, autism, they still don't know what causes autism. So there's yep. mostly a genetic component to it, but they have found some environmental factors. So like, yep. it's still kind of unknown. 100%. It might be a combination of the two, to be honest with you. It probably is. But go ahead, Jack. Yeah. I was just going to ask. So talk about like the ABA and therapies. And we also talked about the EEG, which I think stands for, if I'm not correct, encephalogram, electroencephalogram. Is that correct? That's what you use, yes. right? Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked about that. Uh, my only question to you is uh, therapy is needed. That's the thing. Like it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good strategy that if you find out that your kid or someone that you love, someone that's related to you has autism, you should recommend therapy. Because what happens a lot, and I've seen this, mm -hmm. that sometimes parents just don't want to go to therapy. You know, it, it's something that they, they first of all have a hard time accepting the fact that there's something, something, something different is going on here. Yeah. 
you know, something that they can't read on the internet or something like that. They need to send their kids to therapy. But there's that that negative preconceived notion about sending your kids to therapy. You know what I mean? But but it is something that should be done. You know what I mean? But, no, but if you're getting the money from the government, hey, why not? <laughs> you know, that that's yeah, also that's, the mentality for some people. Exactly. But I'll let, I'll let you answer that question. Sorry. Leo. Well, the money only goes to like the physicians though. Like the parents aren't getting oh, the money. I'm not, I'm not getting any money from the government. Well, that's no. garbage. I mean, you're that's the, you're, really, you're the most, you're the most, you're the physician day in and day out. You should yeah, be getting no. the most money. It's hard. It's hard enough to even qualify for the caretaker um, money that some people can get in some states like you really as a parent, you don't really get much unless you're low income. Um, But when it comes to like therapies, for example, there are alternatives to ABA. So there's something called floor time therapy, or the Hannon model, which is what I tend to prefer. Um, And it's more play-based and child-led. So you're basically getting at the child's level and letting them kind of lead. And then you just kind of disrupt what they're doing and see how they react and kind of like engage with them. So it encourages this kind of behavior back and forth without having to force anything on them. That's so funny. No, it's funny because you're like, uh, part of the therapy is they're having a good time playing with whatever they're doing. And then you're going to disrupt them and see how they react. Well, it's no, not like like imagine not like in a, just regular people too will be pissed off. No, 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 How yeah, you think definitely. we're gonna react? I'm in a, I'm happy over here. Why are you bothering me over there? You know, right? And they probably, <laughs> honestly, they probably will, but it's just it kind of depends how you do it, right? So, like right, one yeah. of the issues I had with my daughter is when she first got diagnosed, she was completely silent, neutral in her own world. She didn't acknowledge other human beings. She didn't even know people were around her. You could like wave your hand over her face, and she wouldn't blink. Like she was just completely like just in her own world. So Mm. by using floor time therapy, what I did is I started observing what she liked to do. So one of the things that she would do is um, a lot of autistic kids like to line things up. So she liked to line up a bunch of water bottles that we had plastic water bottles. Mm. So what I did to disrupt that is I took some food coloring and I put different drops of colors in each bottle. So I changed the activity slightly. And by Mm. changing the activity slightly, it gives her a new range of what to do with that activity. So you I encourage that, that imagination. Is that a therapy? Stuff. Is that yeah, a therapy? That's floor time oh, okay. therapy. Floor time, Is right. That, did you invent that therapy or was that some therapy it's, that you learned that you- No, it's did. a therapy that I learned through early intervention. Okay, I like mm-hmm. that therapy. That's a good one. And, and you're using your- yeah, yeah, you're using your own creative ways to, you know, adapt to your own personal situation, which is good as well. Right, right. And, and so like with the water bottles, for example, once you would get hooked on that, then you would do activities with them. So like you would make the water bottle, what we did is we made it hop up the stairs or go down the stairs and then see if she would mimic our behavior. So it kind of encourages her to start socializing with us, even though she wasn't giving us eye contact or anything like that. We never pressured that. We just Mm. wanted to see if she would engage with us and she did. And now, now she totally plays with us and gives us eye contact. Gotcha. Hey, how, old, it, how old are the kids? Sorry. Sorry. Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. No worries. No worries. How they're two the and three. They're wondering. still little. Oh, okay. They're, oh, yeah. They're very, very young. See, I think <laughs> yeah, my question is like, I know they won't understand this right now, but the, what I'm getting through this, and if I'm uh, like, obviously, I have no experience with autism at all. So just correct me if I'm wrong. But 
what tends to happen is you sort of don't want to also put them in a situation where they know that you're expecting something from them. You don't want to put that pressure on them to perform right. a certain way, you know? And I feel like if you keep doing a lot of these, I don't want to call them experiments, but you know what I mean. You know, a lot of these practices and everything, it can, they might be vulnerable to feel that way that I need to perform or something like that. Is that something you think happens? That some, am I right to think about that or? Right. Well, I mean, that a hundred percent is what's on the radar with ABA. And that's one of the controversies with it is because when they start performing how you like, is it that they truly understand the reason behind that behavior? Or are they just doing what you're telling them because they've been trained? That's correct. I think it's the alter. I think, you know, if you're uh, the actual human being, they're just, they're smarter than, they're smarter than us. They're smarter than the ones that are actually ex- uh, experimenting on them. They're smarter than us. And they're like, okay, if I need to please you this way, all right, I, I'll say yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and children naturally already. want to please adults. Like naturally yeah, yeah, a child but will not do whatever. That, but, right, correct. Well, yeah, correct. But not, I don't know necessarily autistic kids, you know, because autistic kids, I feel like that they're smarter than us. I feel like <laughs> I know so I, I know mine is I'm not she even taught joking. herself to she taught herself to read at two so there we go <laughs> well then there, there you go. go that's a yeah. prime example I work yeah, with children yeah. I've been working with children for 20 years I I've seen all different types of children and I've seen very smart children that were labeled autistic and I'm like why why is this kid this kid's smarter than everybody else in this room smarter than me even <laughs> This kid's autistic? That's awesome. You know, I want to be autistic. I don't know. What's really interesting about that is um, I actually had looked into some of the studies and they found that, um, have you heard of savant syndrome? Savant syndrome? But but Jag might have. No, 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 I have not. I have not. No, we have not. So savant syndrome is like the stereotypical genius that you see that's associated with autism in movies like Rain Man. Um, But- so a significant amount of autistic kids actually are not savant. It's no, very they're small. Not. Yeah, but they, of the general perfect. population, most savant people are autistic. So there is a correlation. Yeah, mm. I understand that. That's a, that, mm. look. Hey, I could, I could be autistic. I jitter around. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like I'm not. <laughs> so autism is a, is a subset of savant syndrome, but not the other yeah. way around. You know what I mean? So basically, yeah, so savant, the people who have savant syndrome tend to be only like a very small fraction of the population, like one or 2% or something like that. But of that one or 2%, like 90 something percent are autistic. Are autistic, right. Yeah. if, if If I were to draw a Venn diagram here, the intersection is quite thin, but of that intersection, you'd say pretty much the entire population there's a chance, there's a probability that that's autistic. Yeah, there's a pretty high, yeah, it's pretty high. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This is where I'm stupid, guys. This is <laughs> this is where I don't understand. <laughs> when you start bringing graphs and big terminology in is where, you know. Right. You know, I'm thinking in, bro- and, and Jack, you think in broad, you know, yeah, concepts yeah, yeah. also. Yeah. So yeah. in this particular instance i'm thinking and brought and i'm thinking some of these autistic kids that are being diagnosed as autistic are not autistic they are just advanced human beings am i wrong in saying that leah 
I think that's definitely a viewpoint that is out there. And I would say you're in good company. I personally am, you know, wary of that belief system because again, the negative aspects of autism are so like overwhelming to a lot of people that it kind of feels like it may do a disservice to, to perceive it that way. But there are some people who do perceive it that way. So it's kind of, it it is split. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's only, it's only split between the people that have actual autistic kids versus parents that, you know, like, well, the autistic community itself. So autistic adults are split. I got autistic you. adults are spread. Okay. What, ki- what right. kids don't know that they're autistic, right? Like they, right. They don't have a- Actually, that leads me to my next question for you, Leah, is it's breaking it out to them, telling them mm-hmm. that, that you have this. It's almost like uh, telling a child that you're adopted or something. There's People tend to think that there's an age for that. Um, yeah, and do you tell them? Do you tell them? Exactly. Should you yeah. tell them? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely, definitely will be telling my kids as soon as I feel like they're capable of understanding what it means, because for me personally in my life, I wish I had known because if I did not know that I had, like, if I had known that I had these learning disabilities and issues, I would have not been so depressed in high school. Like it was just really hard because I thought, why am I the only one who can't do this? And there's an Albert Einstein quote. I believe it's attributed to him that basically says that if you always judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, the the fish is going to think it's dumb for the rest of its life. And I feel like when you tell a kid, because I don't understand that <laughs> metaphor. You don't understand. Don't don't so judge a fish. Yeah, I sorry, don't yeah. I, I, I remember that. So, so the metaphor is basically saying that a fish is not going to be able to climb a tree. So if the test is that you have to be able to climb a tree, the fish is going to think it's incapable because all the monkeys can climb the tree and the fish can't. But yeah. the problem is we're not testing the fish to the fish's capabilities. The fish is an excellent swimmer. It can outswim yeah. the monkey. Uh, so I in that sense, yeah. he's a genius, yeah. right? But exactly. you're not testing him in that. So he goes on the rest of his life thinking he's just a dumb fish. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, well, that's why I think saying. letting like, kids you- know early is important letting kids know that they're either a fish or a monkey is that what you're trying to say yeah because letting he, them know their diagnosis right yeah. you're you're a fish you only have these fish capabilities you're a monkey you only have these monkey capabilities fish don't have monkey capabilities monkeys don't have fish capabilities that's just basically what we're trying to tell you but no in autism it's not that it's mo- it's 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 not the same metaphor you can agree with that leah or Jen. well, I guess it depends what me. part you're. One. I guess it depends what part you're talking about. Because for me, yeah. the metaphor is just about their self perception. Mm. It's not about their actual capabilities. The metaphor is more about do they perceive themselves to be different from other people, and is it simply because they have different capabilities and strengths and weaknesses? Exactly. Well, I, mean, I think that the metaphor needs to yeah. jump one a little bit more to say that you can be a monkey if you're a fish. You can be a fish. Well, there are fish that can come out of water. There are fish that walk on land. I understand that. But that's not the metaphor that we're <laughs> yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, I gotcha. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. You yeah. know, I, but I just want the metaphor to be more than yeah. like yeah. than that. I don't know. Right. Maybe. I understand. So, I'm an idiot. I'm I mean, it's, it's more like there's a reason for why you're here and why you like this. And, uh, you know, if you don't know the reason, we have no, no right to judge you. We have no right to evaluate you. Right. Or compare or, you. 
compare or you can't like basically come like judge yourself like exactly i saw it more as a self-judgment like when yeah. i read that quote um when I was younger, it hit home because I was yeah. like, man, this whole time, I just thought I was terrible at climbing that tree. And I was like, turns yeah. out I'm a fish. Okay. That exactly. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't care anymore. As soon as I knew, yeah. as soon as I knew, yeah. I couldn't care less what people thought because exactly. I was like, well, we're playing a different game. So our rules are going to be different. 100%. Yeah, but do, you, do, but do you have to put people on a spectrum in order for them to gain that confidence? I don't believe so. I no. Think you, I no. think you can uh, uh, accomplish that by other means that are not putting them into a category labeling right right but for some people what I I guess what I'm trying to get to is for some people like myself we actually benefit from that like for me that helped me if I didn't have that it wouldn't have helped me but for it it doesn't help everybody though no no no, that's an important observation right there okay now your your podcast and everything that you're doing. I want to see like because you're you're on the verge of starting it. You're at that stage where you're you're literally giving birth to it, right? June eighteenth. <laughs> well, not literally. <laughs> no, I mean not literally. June, so, June 18th, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so, it, yeah. Uh, where it, do you see it's see not this? Be autism. <laughs> where do you? It's going to talk about autism. So where do you see it? it uh, going like what's your let's and this is a very typical interview question but like you know they ask you where do you see yourself in five years and everything but i want to ask you something more like how do you see this impacting life in which specific way do you see this helping kids impacting not just kids like helping parents and impacting their lives changing their lives and everything what do you want this to become as the time goes by yeah (laughs) <laughs> we already have like three seasons that's, planned out honestly do you um, really that's really amazing annoying. yeah so that's part of my my uh vap as i'm a kind yeah. of over analytical like, like researcher yeah. it's like a book on tape like yeah not on tape, but a book <laughs> like much. a video like it's a book because you're not having any guests on you're just going to be speaking yep. so you can create seasons upon seasons upon seasons because you don't yeah yeah. Right. You don't work on any time schedule. That's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So to answer your question, basically my hope and my husband's hope as well, because we have the one thing that's unique about our podcast is there are some autism podcasts out there, but I've taken a listen and most of them that are about parenting autistic kids tend to be very parent centric. Okay. And because they're parent centric, it's really all about um, dealing with your own emotions and like your own troubles with raising a kid. We wanted something that was more child centric, something that was more about how can we focus on the child and making things easier for them and thereby making things easier for the family and, you know, just creating more of a family unit and putting the focus back on the child rather than ourselves, um, which sometimes is hard to do. So I want to create something that will help that happen um, because I feel like a lot of autistic kids need to kind of have their voice heard in a way. Um, And I guess that doesn't, I don't mean that literally, but Mm -hmm. I mean that in the sense that we need to be able to put our focus on what their needs are rather than how their disability affects us. So if they are screaming, we need to figure out why are they screaming and what can we do to help them? Because this is probably something that's, there's something triggering that behavior rather than focus on ourselves and how it affects us. For sure. So there's this, this lack pretty much, it requires a bridge. 
And you're going to come and, and fill that gap because this hits home. This is something that's personal to you. And given you, Leah, your specific case, you've done so much research on this. You already know quite a lot about this. So I think what you're on is is a goldmine for this community. So so keep at it. Keep at it. Yeah, yeah thank you. Is, We're also well, probably going to be the first one to have a father's perspective on it because none of these okay. podcasts really have a father. I, I actually there. haven't, haven't. So even before that, I haven't seen a podcast that talks about autism, to be honest. And I deal with podcasting quite a lot, but I've never come across. Have you, Josh? I've never actually yeah, come across. Yeah, I came you. across uh, Autism well, you had a guest. Rolls, which was okay. uh, an 18-year-old Sam. Uh, and you're yeah. right, Leah. He didn't have his dad on. He had his mom yeah. on. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, mom predominantly yeah. deals with these issues. I think there should be something. Look, yeah. and I, I joked about it, but merch, man, <laughs> mom always deals with autism. What's up with that, question mark? So you could sell the T-shirt like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Make, you know, you could get the message across in subtle, funny ways. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think you could do that with the amount of knowledge that you have. No. You know, I mean, yeah, you could make a T-shirt. I swear to God, you can <laughs> make while, a T-shirt while he's that says neurotypical, neurotypical, right? Mm-hmm. Question mark. As long as know. it all goes yeah. towards funding these kids, funding. Wishes. whatever, it's, whatever it's, you what wanted to, yeah, whatever you wanted to, no, like. But you said that it all goes towards you know paying the medical bills, which I think that that's bullshit. It you're the one taking care of the kid the majority of the time. You should be getting some of that money. Why are these therapists getting all the, and I don't mean to air quotes. These yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for therapists. I, I didn't mean that. But what? why are they getting all of the money and the caretakers not getting any of the money? And then they're going to pay money for uh, somebody else to caretake for your child. And they're going to pay so, them money. That's that's since sounds like an oxymoron. Yeah, and the other thing that kind of is related to that that I forgot to mention is that a lot of times because of the time commitment for all the therapies, a lot of um, parents end up having to give up their job because they have to bring their kids. So like my child right now, she goes to therapy four days a week and then has um, early intervention on Fridays. So it's really five days a week. And then my second child is supposed to, but I'm just not able to, because I can't be at two places at once. And I recently got a fully remote job because it was no longer for me possible for me to commute an hour or two and back to work and still be able to get them to their therapies. So job loss is big in autistic parenting. And so is honestly divorce rates because marriages fail because of the the weight of treatment yeah. um so it's definitely yeah, no. something that needs to be addressed well, your podcast is going to be amazing by the way it, 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 yeah Just it's, it's disrupting so it. many things okay. yeah exactly. I, don't even yeah. Have, I don't even have a you know I, I don't really even have very much experience in this other than i've worked with children for 20 years yeah. and i have dealt with autistic kids who are I don't want to say truly autistic, but they yeah. give all the signs that they're autistic because the music's too loud, because they walk on their tippy toes. There are certain, you know, uh, physical disabilities that they have that other. It's like more apparent. Normal. Ch- yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And and I don't know how to even talk about this stuff either because I, mean, I feel like honestly, I'm offending I'm just everybody tell on you, every word that I say. You're, yeah. you're going to offend someone no matter what. Um, <laughs> exactly. I think intent is what's awesome. important. Yeah. The intent behind the words is more important to me than what the actual words are. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I appreciate that very much. So, unfortunately, uh, we live in an environment where no matter how how much we try to be politically correct or politically incorrect, we're always yeah. going to offend someone. You know? I fully yeah. expect that with my podcast to happen <laughs> exactly. as well. Well, it's going to it's gonna it, happen. It's, but it's just a... use words like neurotypical. <laughs> just neuro in the front yeah. of everything, and yeah. I think you'll be all right. Neuroautism. Is... Neuro this. Confuse them. <laughs> confuse them if you can't can't convince them. That's what my dad says. Confuse them if you can't convince them. You know. It, I feel like this is probably not the best advice. <laughs> no, no it's something. definitely yeah. not. Do not take yeah, our advice at all. We were just joking. No, we were just, just yeah. joking. But <laughs> no. Gotcha. So, yeah. but no, as I was saying, it's going to disrupt uh, so many different things. It's going to provide so much value and so much information. I personally am looking forward to it. But there's one question that I do need to ask before we end this and what all is, I know you're you're on the verge of releasing your podcast and that's going to include a lot of nice new information, like qualitative, quantitative, the stuff that you said. But right now, if somebody listening to this podcast, there may be a parent who's in this situation right now who just found out and they are in that panic mode where they don't know what to do. You know, or just someone who wants to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any other podcasts or books or resources or websites or links that you would want to recommend so that they can go and, and leverage those, leverage those resources to take advantage of that? Or just right. your very own advice. Great question, Jag. <laughs> well, in one week, we will literally start from the go. fear of getting a, like our podcast is starting from the very beginning. So right. the pilot episodes are a story. And then episode one is if you see red flags. And then from that, we walk you through diagnosis, day, how to get a diagnosis, how to skip through the wait list. We go through how to prepare for diagnosis day, what diagnosis yeah. day entails. We go through everything in yeah. season one. So yeah. that honestly would be probably the most thorough resource because I couldn't find anything like that, which is why I created it. There we go. Um, but otherwise, your best resource after that would probably be um, your local public school system. They usually have early intervention services no. that will assess, the only will assess one to your listen child. To autism Wish. <laughs> That's it. Autismwish.org. That's it's well, they're not going to have juicy. They're not going to have the all the only juicy source tips. we want. Yeah, we don't <laughs> they're want. Have juicy they're not going to. They're not going to have controversial system. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Oh, but but, but in all fairness, me. if you do suspect your child has some sort of disability, early intervention in the school system is the first step. That's all right. There we go. Listen to it. Thanks for letting Lad know. <laughs> what an amazing Embracing what Autism amazing. Podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, Literally, yeah, all you can all you want to do is just and then your podcast is I can see. Uh kudos to your very nice banner back there. Very nice graphic design. It's going to be on every major podcasting platform, I guess. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yes. Audible. You also it's have on a bunch of smaller ones too, but I don't know their names, but it's yeah, on like there. <laughs> iHeartRadio and Podcaster or something like that, for sure. That's good. Yes. No, but all you got to do is literally wait a week. And Embracing Autism is the name that should be on your radar right now. And Leah McCabe, thank you so much for you know sharing sharing all of this information here. I'll let Josh speak. Go ahead. No, I was only going to say that uh, the date that the that it's going on, we should yeah. maybe we could do a quick little something. You know, maybe okay. we maybe me and you, uh, Jag, yeah, can we do should. a little something. You don't have to join 
uh, Leah, but maybe I will actually be doing do a, a live little bitty podcast regarding. Hey, so okay, okay. So you're doing something, Leah. Tell us, tell us. Yeah, so that would be awesome. Um, right. But I'm doing a live stream event, like a launch party at that time. So I wouldn't be able to join in because I will be elsewhere. Right. But if you guys right. wanted to, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, we would love to join in. I'm down. Yeah, it, can, it'll be can on the we, can we join yours? Page. Can we join your live stream? I don't know. I've never done it before, so I'm okay. not too savvy on how yeah, it works. I've never, I've never done one either. Okay, so here's what we'll do. We'll comment on yours. We'll have, our, we own. We'll we'll have, have our own podcast, and yeah. then we'll comment on yours if we can see you, and then maybe you can comment back. <laughs> there we go. We'll try. We'll you figure know. it out. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. This is what, sure. what it's all about. Oh, man. 18th, 18th of June. That's the name you got. It. 18th of June, is it? Yeah, June 18th, yeah. Autistic Friday. Autistic Friday, you know, that's the date. Yeah. Mark it in your calendars, put it down in your diaries, because trust me, just by talking to you and getting, I know this is just scratching the surface, but getting that little bit of your of your brain piece today makes you want to learn more and more, more and more about this. Isn't that true, George? You know, it's just- I am smarter now <laughs> than I have ever been on autism. <laughs> I feel like that I could talk to other people and be like, yeah, I know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, I know, about. I know. Like, I'm talking out of this. About. Walking out of so, this conversation. Yeah, and and no disrespect to the last podcast that I did with Sam, who is autistic, and the, his mother, uh, you know. But th- this was really, really informative. You like guys. Yeah. You know your trade. You know your trade. Yeah, that's for it, sure. It's yeah, my it's my quote unquote special interest. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow, and keep going because, uh, well, we'll help you keep going. You know, like you awesome. can jump on our 100%. you can jump on our podcast at any time. Exactly. Me and Josh, we kind of have three podcasts beneath us, between us. So just right. any, any anything some, we could do. I've got some plans for some insider membership stuff in the future. So wink wink, that's a teaser. You'll probably have an opportunity too. <laughs> Love it. Well, if Love you it. need and and uh, all right, all right. Love you guys. Two through one out.